0: To be inspired through authentic conversations. That is
1: sure
2: to be On Everyone's Lips. Hello, welcome everyone to episode nine of On Everyone's
1: Lips. I'm Monique, aka Mo.
0: I'm Lindsay J.
1: And I'm Chelsea Jade, and we are the ladies of OEL. So tonight we
2: have a very, very serious topic that we are going to be talking about tonight. We are going to be talking about the topic of sex trafficking, and we have a very special guest with us, Tina Front, and uh, we are going to be interviewing her, and I will introduce her in a few moments.:
1: So let's get into a hot topic. Um, have you all watched the Meghan Markel?: Markle? Markle? Interview, interview with oh yeah with
3: Oprah. <laughs> yeah
2: that's been a hot topic this week i did actually um watch it i pulled it up on demand
0: i watched it
2: how about you lynn
0: i actually haven't watched it in totality but i did watch a few clips on youtube and i was very like you know amazed by some of the stuff that she said but i can only imagine what the whole interview consisted of yeah, and
2: actually the clips is what made me want to go pull up the whole interview because actually I did see a lot of clips on social media, like here and there. And I was like, you know, I need to watch this interview. So I ended up pulling it up and I watched the whole thing. It was very interesting. And uh, you know, she just spoke on her experience uh doing during her time marrying, you know, first marrying him and when she first met them and um all, all the things she had to do and how it just became um, like she went into a depression because it was like she's under a microscope. She had to watch everything that she says and then not to mention the the um, the um, so, um the media. The media was just all over her. Um, yeah. So just a lot.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I heard it was definitely a lot. What about you, Tina? Did, did you watch any of it
3: or? I did watch it. And just let me tell you that look inside the ear yeah we all are very fam- familiar to that right right like looking outside the, the ear to see if a baby will be darker a whole yeah, different thing right from a different race mm-hmm. oh okay. yeah. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's
0: yeah, it is. just crazy i could i couldn't even believe that they you know asked them something right. like that and i'm really curious on who who asked but i'll have
1: to watch the interview because that's
0: that's a little deep yeah. But they didn't they didn't give away
2: like it was it was tastefully done because they didn't give away who said what, you know, it was just more like it was said. So, you know, I guess it left up to your own conclusion of who's who actually said it. But what I found amazing um, is they were showing when she was pregnant with their first child and they compared it to some of the um, some of the tabloids um, articles for Kate and like just for example one article was of kate holding her stomach when she was pregnant and then they had the same article of showing megan when she was pregnant she was kind of holding her stomach in the in the in the ad in the um uh, in the um photos in the photos, photos. Uh-huh. So, just like the headlines were so negative towards um Megan, you know for Kate, it was you know, oh, her baby bump is growing, you know right, but it was just, oh, she keeps putting her hand on her stomach, just very negative,
0: so it's just you know it's just really like, wow, yeah yeah that's that's deep i I'm, I'm definitely going to look forward to I'll watch it this weekend and watch it in totality um but yeah, let's let's get into because i'm I'm very interested to get into this topic tonight, and i I know you know a lot of people are going to learn a lot of things, so uh let's let's get into it. Okay, so
2: tonight, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to be talking about the very serious topic of sex trafficking, just to give someone everyone out there some background. Sex trafficking is a crime when women, men, and or children are force, forcefully involved in commercial sex acts. In the United States, any minor under the age of 18 engaged in commercial sex acts is automatically considered a victim of sex sex trafficking under the law. Worldwide, it's estimated that there are 4.5 million victims of sex
0: trafficking. Yes, yes, yes. And today we definitely have a special guest. Today we're interviewing Tina Frunt. She is a sex trafficking survivor and founder of the organization Courtney's House, which was founded in 2008. The organization helps sex trafficking survivors escape and find a new life. She has been awarded a Frederick Douglass Award, which is an award given to individuals who have survived slavery and has used their freedom to help others. Tina continues to inspire and use her knowledge and experience to assist in helping the world to be more aware sex trafficking and how to look for signs and we are so honored to have her here on the show so tina thank you so much for joining us in this conversation today
3: Welcome well thank you all so much and thank you for not only having me here but talking about a very important topic especially to the african-american community yes yes, yes.
1: thank yes. you for even taking the time out you know to discuss it. Can't wait to hear. So let's
2: get into this. Um, so, you know, we, we uh, read on a website called The Root um, that actually your introduction and grooming into sex trafficking began when you were only 13 years old. And um, it said that you met a man by the name of Tiger, and that's how, that's how you were introduced into this world. Can you expound on that story for us?
3: Yes, yeah, so Root is one, one article, and that was a specific story. My trafficking situation actually started when I was nine inside of foster care, and then again at 13. So wow. most of the youth at our program are trafficked by their families, and our ages are 11 to 24, boys and girls with the average age of 11 to 17. Many of them, just like myself, is trafficked at 9, 10, and 11 years old. Unfortunately, that's more common. Um, And it always has been that way. We'll talk about the words for that. In my situation, you know, it's about a relationship. This is not what you've heard of, right? In the summer when everyone was like, white vans are going around kidnapping people. That's Mm -hmm. not even how trafficking actually happens, right? It's not this white van that goes around kidnapping people. So it can be a few different ways. So in my situation... One situation, right, I told you about just now was about family control, even though it's foster parents. Most of our youth, 36% of them, are trafficked by their parents, by wow. a parents who trafficked wow. right here in D.C. And that is where that statistic comes from. And then pimp control. So now let's talk about what a trafficker is really quickly. We've used this word trafficker, so let me ask you all really quickly,
1: do
2: you guys think
3: a pimp and a trafficker are the same thing? No, I don't think so. But, but, you but tell, us, tell me kind of on, on that. Why would it not be the same? Um, I,
1: I think so. I think they have some very, I think it's a thin line between the two. Yeah.
3: Okay,
1: what's the line? Um, I would say the money portion, but I guess you can have money. And
3: no, assess- there's no right or wrong answer. Okay. And what was your answer?
1: Oh, go ahead, Mo.
3: Oh, no,
2: I was just going to say I I was thinking that it was different because the sex trafficker recruits and bring you into the world. And to me, I think they leave and then they're off to go get somebody else. And then the pimp takes over and actually, you know, you know, decides who you're going to be with. That's in my head. I could be wrong. But that's how I think of
0: it.
3: Okay. thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just
0: think the abuse and control when you think about them both, I, I guess I would just kinda say they're one and the same because I'm thinking that the trafficker is getting the money as well, as same as the pimp. And you know, you're gonna work, you're gonna be yeah. under their control. If you don't bring back that money, yeah, you know, you're gonna get yeah. in trouble, you're gonna get abused. So I I'm thinking they're one and the same, but I'm I'm open to learn.
3: So the confusing thing, and the reason why I asked you all that, is because your listeners are thinking the same exact thing. And actually everyone says what you all said, and that's really because that word trafficking is a confusing word, first of all. We know there's drug trafficking. We know there are organ trafficking. So now how does that equate to sex trafficking? So the problem is the word. First of all, people who are being sex trafficked never say we're being sex trafficked. We didn't learn that word. That's a governmental term. So in the mm-hmm. law, it says pimps, better known as traffickers.
1: Mm-hmm. So here's the
3: thing that that tricked everyone. Mm-hmm. Now we use this word as pimp. We see this all throughout movies, and it looks fun. They mm-hmm. pimp slap someone. They take all their money, but ha ha he he. So the reality is that's actually what a trafficker does. It's a pimp. Mm-hmm. The definition. Exactly. Right. Okay. And it's the same. There is no changing of the people. They're manipulating. So if a person is under the age of 18, you actually don't have to prove any force or trickery because a child cannot have sex, even if they say they're doing it on their own, with wrong people. Right. Money. It's illegal. They can't do it. Right. But where that changes is some reason, which doesn't make sense. So now you were trafficked from 9 to 17, really to 18. But what the law says on your 18th birthday, somehow a miracle door opened. And when this miracle door opened, it allowed you out of a trafficking situation. Now, that's not reality. But the moment someone turns 18, you actually have to prove any trickery, any fraud. So trickery means that I tell you how much I love you. And Uh then, and it's very simple. So how about this? How about if we were all together in a room? And I said, the reason that we all came here today is to learn about what trafficking was. But when you got there, I locked the door. I took away whatever weapons you may have. And then I forced you to do something you don't want to do. And I took all your money. Well, now we just proved it. You came to me under false pretense. I lied. Right. Then I tricked you took all your money and I wouldn't let you leave. So that's what you will have to prove if they turn 18 and over.
0: So um going back to that because you definitely um explained a lot you know how pimping and everything relates to it but um just going back to you know your and your particular story and I don't know if you want to you know speak on it more and everything because I know you said that you know you were trafficked by your foster parents but to me, it seems that foster parents don't they have to go through some type of, uh, I guess, like background check and everything. So how did that go about? Did they just was it right when you got, uh, you know, adopted? Was it right away or was it kind of just like they kind of, you know, spoiled you and then they were like, no, you, you know, now we're switching up on you?
3: Yeah, so when you're a child, it comes a little bit different, right? And the reason why I kind of went through a backstory is so you can understand trafficking first before we talk about anything. So for one, most of our youth, 99.9% of our youth, including myself, were actually sexually abused before their sex trafficking situation. So that's one. So two, you're nine. You don't see a change of money. And the second thing is, we're not going to count my years, baby. But uh, law has changed a little bit, but not really. So the not really part would be, let's talk about the vetting. At that time, because there was a drug pandemic, a crack pandemic at this time, they opened up the laws. So that opened up to change a few things. You didn't have to be a family anymore. And so lots of people started applying, mostly the people, and I grew up in Chicago, by the way. My
2: okay,
3: boss, <laughs> <laughs> all in the project. So, my foster homes was like in Cabrini Greens, you know what I'm saying? In, in a project in Chicago. So, now let me ask another question to the audience and you all if they were in public housing, were they doing this out of the goodness of their heart, or were they doing it for money? For
0: money, 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 definitely.
3: There you go. So now they have 9, 10, because I wasn't the only person. You'll never be the only one being trafficked. It wasn't just me. It's actually more boys being trafficked than girls.
2: Oh, wow. I didn't and know that.
3: with that being, yes, and it, it really hurts boys, because most of our boys define as straight.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. none of
3: our boys are over the age of 16.
0: So you're saying that they were trafficking to trafficking the boys to other men? or?
3: So let me tell you how this works, yes. So us two, them two, correct. Men who define as straight, not men who define as gay, mm. Mm. who are married, who have children. Wow. Because men who That's define big. gay are gay, so they can meet men, they're okay. But men mm. who don't define and don't think they are, mm. it's more they're doing the a down road. low.
2: And yeah. Wow, mm. so wow. Sad. Well, you uh, you did it. Explain because I was wondering: Did your parents file a missing persons claim, or did it, you know? Were you able because to so talk your parents 13, parents to your right. parents? explain that your your you know your foster parents you know had you in it, so that that explains a lot.
3: Well, no, you're right. When I was 13, you are correct because oh okay. I got into okay. another situation because that's what happens. Okay, Having our situations are different to us. They don't look all the same. They have different rules, right? So all if right. I miss the parents and something different then I will meet a guy when I'm 13 and he was 15 years older than me. Okay. Mm. Would yeah. that be a warning sign, R. Kelly?
0: Yes. yes
3: absolutely. No, it wouldn't. To whom? Why would it be a warning sign to me? Do you all remember a few years ago when you, you was 13 when you told your parents everything?
0: Mm, no. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I am about to say, no, you wouldn't know. You, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because
3: Remember, we don't say nothing unless there's two things that happen. One, well, somebody told on you, and they got a lot of evidence. Right? right, and the second is we don't say anything when we don't think it's that bad. Right. Yeah. So this yep. person is treating me nice. It's, mm-hmm. it's three months in my head. You gotta remember, you were a teenager. Three months is forever.
0: Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they love you. You are gonna get married. So he didn't try to have sex with me, and so also remember that we always warn our girls, especially about the people who try to have sex with you real quick. But right. well, we don't talk about the ones who don't who tell you, you know what, you should go to college. I have a niche your age and they should too. We don't we don't say anything about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's like a mind. Yeah, the manipulation, earning yeah.
3: your trust. Right. So that's called the grooming stage so yes mm-hmm. that is called the grooming stage so a lot of times in these situations you're pretty
0: much saying that it's something that you're assuming is close to you pretty much you're like hey we're building a relationship like we're I'm really thinking that we're getting serious so it's a
3: parent a best friend who introduces you to somebody or a person who you thought it would be your boyfriend or wow. Friend. wow. So this is about manipulation and control, just like you mentioned in the beginning, right? When it's about control and manipulation. Now, the crazy thing and the smart thing as pedophiles is this. When you put it all and blame that person, but what about this? No one ever knows there's an adult. So it looks like your behavior is bad. It looks like you running away. It looks like you're doing all these things. But the person who's doing something to you is in the background.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and nobody knows they exist and you're keeping that secret because you think they love you and that's what pimps really are
2: Mm -hmm. wow was your trafficker ever prosecuted the one at when you were at the age 13
3: so when i was 13 and this happened of course my parents when i got adopted when i was about 12 Mm -hmm. and of course my parents put out a missing persons so I want to address that really quickly. Okay, please do. It's real important on how this actually happens. So if I have way more time to kind of walk you through my story, I would tell you this piece of it. So I told you that I'm at home, right? Mm-hmm. And it was three months. So, But what they wait for is that moment. So that moment was on my 14th birthday, I got an argument with my parents that I couldn't stay out past nine. And so I called him and he told me that he'll take pick me up in 15 minutes and don't take anything because, you know, he'll be bringing me back. So now I have a question for the audience and you all. And remember, there's no right or wrong answer. Was I kidnapped or did I run away?
0: Kidnapped. kidnap, really? But yeah. Because you were mind controlled pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know but on history, hindsight, you're not people are not gonna look yeah, at people, Yeah,
1: as people, yeah, people are not gonna look at that. So they will probably say you you ran right. away. Exactly. I mean, and we yeah.
3: actually missed the most important part of that. Everyone always misses. How old was I?
1: Right. 18. You didn't know any I can't consent. You didn't know no,
3: any actually legally on a federal level, a 14-year-old cannot consent to get in a car with an adult legally. They can't. Right. And because that they can't, I can't consent unless he asks my parents. To go there or out of state or anywhere with him. So actually it would be kidnapping off break. The problem is not really a problem. It's a privilege. Except all police don't see black as a privilege. Because if you take that same situation with a youth that's Caucasian, what will happen? Well, Amber Alerts, honey, will be all over the world. Oh, yes. In Um, 5.7 seconds, you'll be pulled over (laughs) randomly to check and see if the child was in there. So what happened for me was that I was gone a year. My parents put out a missing persons, but at that time it didn't go out of state. And I was out of state.
1: Mm.
3: Now our youth put out missing persons and they're in state and out of state and no one still finds them. So wow. up until only three years ago, I will say this piece to you all. It might be a surprise, but only it's been three years. And we work on policy, so we changed this law. And that law is that children who are sex trafficked, children under the age of 18, that is child abuse. Does that what? make sense? There you go. Say it again. What? How many years ago?
0: Up until three years ago? What?
3: It's only been three years. That is crazy. Maryland, Mm -hmm. it's only been one year. In Virginia, we ain't passed it yet. Wow, really? We're trying. We keep trying to pass it. Wow. Wow.
2: Wow. I'm speechless on that. That's crazy.
3: And so that law didn't exist when I was out. So I was picked up by the police and I was charged with prostitution. She said I had a pimp and told them, and they put me in jail over a year. There is a survivor who is white and her name is Holly Austin, I helped her. She's a great person, but she told you this. We are about two years in age difference. And she was trafficked from Virginia to Tennessee at the age of 15, same kind of thing, right? You're older than me. And they found her in Tennessee, and the police drove her home. Mm, mm, mm,
2: what mm, goodness. Goodness. Wow. Yep. privilege,
3: privilege, yeah. <laughs> mm, exactly. And so exactly. that privilege,
1: in every every everything you could think of is privilege yeah. in every corner
0: yeah mm-hmm.
3: and that's why at courtney's house we have 80 percent of our survivors are african-american and 13 percent are latina the latina pop i'm sorry 16 percent. the latina population um is all female all 15 and under in all traffic by ms 13 and 18 street oh, wow. los books.
2: There's one thing about it is you know, they never, you know, one, I've, I've seen stories and you know, different interviews and things where it's like they never see us as kids, you know, we're never, we're always seen as adults. So it seems like we're always treated that way. And it's, it's crazy. It's like we're not protected as kids, you know, in
3: that same situation. It's crazy. I mean, you're 100% correct. It's crazy.
0: Wow, we have to take a minute on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um and um like you said, that that just brings a lot of awareness. Mm-hmm.
1: Um So what brought you to D- to the D C area?
3: Well, you know, after I got out of juvenile detention Um, And I want to talk about that, too, because remember, I was in juvenile detention on the charge of prostitution um, in Chicago. And then I picked up like four or five charges and got charged with assault because I had to fight other girls. Most of the girls in there were in jail for prostitution. They had pimps. So they try to fight you to recruit you. So jail's not safe and it's not a safe place for victims of a crime. And that makes sense to you all, right? The thing is, in Maryland, they're still doing it. In D.C., we changed it, but they still find other offenses to try to hold them on. And in Virginia, they still charge our minors for prostitution and make them testify in the case so they know they're trafficked. And they're still charging prostitution. So, unfortunately... All of those things are still going on today, which is why I started Courtney's House to work on all of these issues that are still ongoing. And that's why we work on policy. If we are the only African American run program in the whole DMV area that works on trafficking, the only one, the only survivor one, when 85% of our population is that, then it was still a much needed need. And we get about five to six referrals per week.
0: Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So would you say, um, just going back to that, since you said, you know, we talked about pimping and everything like that. So would you say that if not all the majority of those women that, you know, because a lot of times we do see it. We're like a lot of times we say like, oh, you know, they they want to prostitute. They want to do that. They're doing that for money. That's how they are making the money. Would you say that majority of that time? That's not the case. It's more so like they've been forced into that lifestyle. That is the majority not, now. Yeah. OK.
3: And then there are ways to tell, okay? Mm -hmm. So easy ways to tell when people tell you how long they've been in life or how long they've been stripping. So let's take Cardi B. Love my girl. But she says she's been stripping since she was 15. So that's illegal, right? Mm -hmm. 15-year-old can't strip. Also, inside of strip clubs are pimps. There'd be no way. So there are actually a lot of strip clubs in the area that are owned by pimps. We shut down 17 of them in Prince George wow. County that reopened again. Because there are strip children. Strip clubs? Yes, oh, of course. Anywhere you're going to have money. And and this is a billion dollar a year industry. So, of course.
0: Wow. Yeah, because, you know, you always hear this. You always hear the story. Like, you know, I'm stripping to pay for college. I'm stripping to do this. Um. You know, so, yeah, like, this is, wow, this is very informative. It makes, me, it makes me, not that I ever looked at them, you know, badly, but it just makes me, now it makes me kind of, like, sad. Like, it gives me, like, a, a total empathy, like, for for that and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. for their situations.
3: Yeah, I mean, I always said that it's actually the worst because you are hidden in plain sight. So when people see you every day and even though you put a smile they assume it's a choice when it's not. Someone is standing next to you watching you all the time or even in the car in front of you. So there is no choice that you have. And no, you keep no money. So on an average, our at that time, it was five girls. So it was five of us and they were all under the age of 16. And so at that time, he got about, I want to say a good 80000 to $90,000 per week. That's what he got.
1: Mm, Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's
3: a lot. And that's why it's lucrative. And that's why they continue to traffic because, unfortunately, we didn't talk about One Piece, and that's the demand. Who are buying Mm -hmm. our children? Who are buying these young girls? So I will say that about 85% of the buyers are Caucasian, even for me and all of our youth, including the boys.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: let me ask you this real quick so far as like you said supply and demand um, uh, so are these people getting prosecuting these people who are buying I mean how often are they found out is that very hard to find these people out no it's
3: pretty okay. easy they, um, the police do raids all the time and they okay. pick up buyers so what they do is get those men who buy sex and get them to tell them about the pimp and then they let them go. Because I just told you that they're predominantly white men.
2: Wow. See, they yeah. need to be prosecuted as well. Right,
3: exactly. Wow.
2: They're protected. Right. The privilege. Mm-hmm. And
3: that's why, and why they need in the your help. Be because, in traffic to jail. And lose their jobs. Because these men are financial advisors, lawyers. Yeah. They are therapists. Yeah. You People know, you would and, never even think,
2: I'm quite sure
1: yep Mm -hmm. wow wow that's crazy so since founding courtney's house in august of 2008 your organization has helped more than 500 victims escape from being um trafficked. what is your main mission and the focus of the
3: organization um and i'm sorry that's a misquote it's um 3000 okay Mm -hmm. um and i'm sorry Redo the question (laughs)
1: What is your main mission and focus for the organization?
3: So our main mission is to work with you who are sex trafficked, but to do the following, to provide a safe space for them at the drop-in center, to also have free attorneys. So we offer free lawyers for all of our survivors. And we say survivors, um, all of our survivors. Um, and the next thing I think is super important is also to work on policy. As you all see, like policy has to be changed so what we did for that is also develop a youth policy initiative so our youth at courtney's house have a youth policy program and they get paid for it last year we were able to stop the DCD crime bill this year we'll also be focusing on changes we need to have done in the foster care and that's coming directly for our youth so instead of like of course empowering but what's really important for me is to have the youth see just how smart they are, right? And how they can do change. And it's not just about their story. It's about what they want in their voice and making sure people hear it.
1: Right. So where did you come up with the name Courtney's House? And what was your connection to the name Courtney?
3: So, you know, when my mom was alive, you know, both my parents are dece- deceased who adopted me and they're wonderful people. So my mother very much... Um, really wanted me to start an organization. So, honey, when I tell you I was pushing her back because I was at an organization doing all the work, and I was like, this is going to be more, and I have children, it's a lot. So she put in her will, Courtney is the name of my youngest daughter, because Shay's Place would be the name of our group homes, my oldest daughter. And my mom put $63,000 in her will Mm -hmm. of Courtney's house for me to start a program.
0: Wow. Wow. Oh, beautiful. I love, I love that. that. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you stuck with it.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes.
3: I mean, me and God, honey, I, yes. I couldn't see yes. doing nothing else. This is what I love. I yes. love the kids. I just couldn't imagine doing anything.
2: Else. Yes. And it's so needed. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: So what is the therapy protocol for survivors and how is your organization helping women and children recover from these um, events?
3: So we do have therapy, Um, we have a licensed therapist. The other thing that I tried because I told you, you know, we're really the only African-American org and actually there aren't that many African-American therapists. So we hire in-house that and then, in this whole trafficking movement, most of the organizations are Caucasian and they actually don't pay Black people enough. So I raised money for a number of years and took a pay cut for many years so that I can pay people right. So we have a therapist that actually gets paid what she should get paid, you know, which is like 70 something thousand, Um, but she's our in-house therapist. And then we have what we are called survival service coordinators. We don't call them social workers at Courtney's house, but that's what Mm -hmm. they are. Counseling is called one-on-ones because I work with you and you have to be super, super creative. We also have a TikTok. I work with kids. So, I mean, it's not always about trauma. They want to have fun, right? Yes. Yeah, we have yeah. field trips, you know, when it yeah. was COVID. We have fun activities. We have therapy. And, actually, they get a punch card. So, and then if you fill up half your card, you get to pick a gift or a goal, one of your gift goals, a gift card for your therapy. So, we have a lot of different initiatives for the kids. Wow, that's amazing. Okay.
2: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. awesome.
3: And I also, um, so I've never been to college a day in my life, but I have um curriculum in, in three colleges. So we also provide scholarships for our youth and also help them with their book fees and application fees.
1: That's awesome.
3: That is awesome.
1: Yeah. Do you have any of them that come back, like any of uh, of the survivors that come back and, you know,
3: Get help back out.
1: program and help yeah. out.
3: As... So I think the greatest thing about Courtney's house is there is no time span.
1: Oh, okay. And we
3: don't, because you can't measure trauma. So I say that because I have survivors that I've, since we started Courtney's house and they come mm. and help and volunteer. I mentor over a hundred survivors like around the country. I sit on so much stuff. So always. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs>
0: Um, so I know you mentioned a lot about um, how, you know, black women and children are not getting the you know proper attention. And I definitely um, have read uh, from an article in time.com that said a 2016 analysis of online coverage of missing persons published in the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology found, you know, evidence that state that um, there are cases involving Caucasian women not only draw more attention, but more intense coverage. Um, so I know recently, like there was that big thing back in, I want to say, was it 2016 or 2017, where it was um a group of black girls missing in the DC area. Did did you ever hear anything on that? or Ever work on that? Because I know it was like we heard about it and then it it, like, it went, it did, it went yeah, away. It, it was, was really a happened.
1: topic for a yeah. while, and then they just stopped talking about it.
0: Exactly. The pandemic
2: it seemed like once the pandemic came, I didn't hear any more about it.
3: So, um, so I was on that initiative, the mayor's initiative, but more importantly, I'm the only black organization for trafficking. So all of those kids are in my program. The reason why you couldn't hear about all of that is the hard piece that we have, that these are open cases, so they cannot follow up. So when you hear no follow up, that's a trafficking case. If it was like a runaway and they're fined, they're like, oh, they came home, but if it's trafficking, they give you nothing because of that's how the law is on investigating the case. Wow. wow, okay. So did it affect? Yes. Wow. They always do. You see them all the time on the news. They're all our kids. They're just not telling you it's trafficking. So for D.C., just so you know how big of a trafficking issue we have, D.C., there are two in the whole country. So California and Oakland and in Washington, D.C., Federally funded, so the FBI funds inside D.C.'s police department, a youth sex trafficking division. It's a whole sex trafficking unit just for youth. Wow. So it wouldn't be bad. Now, this is a real question now. How many times is the FBI going to fund something in a police department? It has to be a really bad issue. So for the last six years, D.C. and Oakland has been getting the only money for the unit because how many trafficking cases we have. So we actually partner with that unit. We also partner with foster care and we have a contract. So most of our youth come out of foster care as well. And then we have a social worker that just handles all our foster care cases. So foster care doesn't handle them. Courtney House handles them. It includes every CPS hotline case, right? So we screen those. And we also screen for parents who are trafficking inside the system too. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot. <laughs>
0: Yes, oh my gosh and i and I know, um back to also what you said about them not getting in any rehabilitation and just pretty much being locked up. So how does that happen? So they're caught on the the street, and then these are I'm assuming the girls are caught, and maybe the police end up arresting them. So what happens in those cases? Do they just hold you for a few days or does your traffic what what happens do does, does the um pimp or this trafficker end up bailing them out and then they're right back on to working like how does that work so
3: there are two different answers because one's over 18 and one's under so to over 18 it depends um they can go get locked up yes they go to court the next day at one o'clock the pimps are always there to get them then they have to go back to court and they usually have lots of warrants because the pimps leave and go to different states because you always have to work So that's the other reason why we help with lawyers, right, to get all of these things off and prove that it's trafficking. Then if you're a minor, so it's different. It could be in a raid, you know, that they picked up and they found a minor. They don't arrest the minor, but they do question you without a parent or foster care there. They Mm -hmm. do come at you directly wrong. So most people... Right? Don't go and say, Hi, I'm a trafficking victim. Like, one, they don't trust the police. A mm-hmm. lot of buyers are the police. Um, let's see, about six years ago, if you guys remember the DC Youth Division trafficking minors. So that was our case as well. We were the ones that brought it to the police. And yeah. the whole unit were trafficking minors, the whole unit at that time. Oh, my
1: goodness. Oh so,
3: you know, um, there's a lot of corruption because this is about men of power. Buy money that don't yes.
2: have power. There you go. So um, I have a question: if, if so, if they are minors and they're you know they get get caught in a raid, do they check like missing persons reports to see if maybe they do? They do check that to see. Yes. And say
3: They're foster care, um, and then they drop you back off like at foster care. Now sometimes they can do something a little different. Some of our youth in Maryland, if they were that they did a raid and they were with the pimp. So say there was an open alcohol container or they found some weed on a dresser. Then they're gonna arrest our survivor too, to try to get her, make her talk of the pimp and say, we'll charge you with these charges to get you to talk. So then they don't talk, right? Okay. Or in Virginia, remember, they still arrest. So in Virginia, Mm -hmm. they arrest them for prostitution. So if they know the pimp is present, it doesn't matter. They're still going to arrest them and force them to testify and still give them charges.
0: Wow.
3: So just yeah. to
1: piggyback on uh, what you said previously, do, what's your hours for, for anyone to come into Courtney's
3: house? So we're a drop-in center, but it doesn't mean you just walk in. So okay. we only take trafficking. So we have to screen people first and we're a confidential location. Okay. So we have one that's confidential, one that's not. We have an office in the Family Justice Center in Prince George's County in Upper Marlboro. So we have an office there. And then we have one in D.C. um, as well. And so once people are screened, you have a choice to join the family and be a part of us because we do things different. We have a 24-hour hotline as well and our youth talk to us most like every day all day right they're all of our staff have a phone so they can call them directly who they speak to 24 hours a day but we also have um an instagram so actually we mostly communicate on ig because i work with kids so they mostly like facetime you. media yeah, yeah or they ig call you so I, I forget as an adult people don't like to be facetimed you know just out of the blue because i totally forget <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I understand that. <laughs>
0: um, and so I I know that you mentioned this before early in the interview that a lot of times these people, are, uh, the people that are um, the survivors are being trafficked um, by someone that they know. So I was just wondering just to clear out any myths because I definitely have heard like in the past and this is something that I think about even because I have a teenage daughter now, but I've heard little things that, you know, tra- um, traffickers will do like they'll leave something on the windshield of your car for you to take it off and then they might snatch you. I've heard little, little things like this. So yours, so in those cases, is that just more like a myth? Like, no, they're not going to just, you know, they never do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> They don't, like, send little trackers on your phone or anything like that. Okay. When they
3: whiff you. (laughs) Okay. But not not randomly. The number one way our kids meet their trafficker, the number one way is online, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they befriend them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, no. A lot of the kids... Use leave their whole thing public. So let me just oh. school the parents real quick, okay? Because this yes. is what I do. Yes. I talk to yes. the kids all the time. Teenage, I got a team Okay, I need to school y'all and tell you what I say. I say, um, we have an IG, right? And I'll say, so y'all, you want to join our group? Let me get your IG and they'll look at me. And then I say, let me get the real one and not the ones you give everybody else, your parents and adults. Give me the other one. So they always have a fake one, y'all, <laughs> like always. They have an Insta for y'all that they follow, and you can follow, and great. And then they have a different one that they set up a different email account to as well. And then that one you don't know about, and you don't got the passwords to, and they leave it open because they got to do little fun stuff to get likes. And what actually happens is when they leave it open, that somebody either does two things. One likes all their little pictures and then slide into their DM. And it starts off nice. Or Mm -hmm. they just, because you're black, they usually just send penis pictures and ask them or say, I'll cash up you if you send me a picture or something. It could be easy. It might be just I'll cash up you, you, send me a picture of your face. $10. And that happens. And then I'm like, oh, can you send me a picture of this? And that happens. These are the most ways, like the number one ways would be that.
0: Mm. Uh, child, you about to make me have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, yeah. We having a talk tonight. We have yeah. a talk. Of food. Do you have two Instagram accounts? Do you have two, two TikTok they, they, they accounts? It ain't even funny. It's just like, yo, like, yeah. No, it's um, serious. Man, you gotta, man, man, be, man. You gotta man, be. You gotta. It's like, they, no, we having a discussion tonight. Like, yeah, and then know. you follow them. So we
3: follow all our kids on our other accounts that they don't mm-hmm. know about. Mm-hmm. so every parent should be doing that and, it, yeah. needs, and it, it needs to have fun stuff on there y'all so you know post some real pictures things you tell them not to post need to post so they won't think it's you Hello. right, <laughs>
1: absolutely, right.
0: Absolutely. oh yeah um hmm. and so um so speaking back to that so i know you you know you just spoke on it and mo um you know, I know you, you know, you were going to ask, but just, um, so I guess the main thing is, what are the, what are the signs? Like, what, what are the signs that we can look at mm-hmm. for sex trafficking? What should, what should we pay attention to?
3: You know, um, items that they can't explain for us. So meaning they, you know, even bought you something and you're trying to figure out how to get the money to do it. You're saying them with different phones, different items. Again, it's always the items they didn't pay for that. They said it was friends and other friends. The Instagram, especially, because it's really not that much like meeting people in person, unless it's another friend. So that happens where there's another girl who's in the life. So a new group of friends that they're starting to hang around, stand more time with them. Um, most of our kids, and it's also a misconception that everybody who's trafficked has ran away and they don't live at home. That's not true.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Most
3: of our kids live at home or in foster care, they're being trafficked. And so it doesn't mean they have to take them out of state. Sometimes it just means they said they were over a friend's house one night and it was accounted for and they came home. So mm-hmm. it can be things like that as well. So those can be your signs.
2: Okay. So pretty much you're saying if you see them with different items, it's so funny you mention that because I know one thing from my childhood. I just speak a little bit is my mom was very big on that anytime she saw me with something where did you get that how you know where did you get the money for it? she would always be on me if I had something new it was like she would be on me so yeah that's, that's that's really good and um so seeing them with different items monitoring their social media and just digging to find if there are other accounts that you know you don't know about just trying like
1: parents creating a social media and acting as and you know yeah to see if they're easily and you know right right. it's a lot
3: wow Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's like
0: a whole next level of worrying that you that you know that you have to think about so (laughs) You wanna do
3: it now because you know, you don't want them to come to me.
0: Exactly. They
3: yeah. can them, but you don't
2: want them to. <laughs> right. Well, Tina, I think because you debunked a major myth of the kidnapping. Cause I'm I I'm much like you know, Lindsay and Chelsea's thinking, like, you know, you know, someone in a white van is gonna come and get you or you're out, you know. So you debunked a major myth about that. Cause I think a lot of people have that misconception. Mm-hmm, they do.
1: And um that that's ma- that's really good information. So, um, what do you, what do you see in the future for Courtney's house, Miss Tina?
3: Well, I'm actually super excited to announce that we will have a curriculum rolling into 36 different schools on human trafficking, ages kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. Mm. We will be the first That's African good. American ever to have a curriculum on trafficking and first survivor. So we're super excited. That's yes, good. Congratulations. Yes. amazing. Good yeah, that sounds amazing. I and, awesome. amazing. and I for you. I'm
0: so happy about that. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Major congrats. And I
0: wrote all the curriculum
3: myself so I'm I'm, I'm super excited to get approved.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. It's, it's right. major being at your black is definitely yes. it's oh, major.
3: Yes. Yeah, so, Florida y'all. Florida. You okay. <laughs>
1: They don't know my They just knew my name and not my face. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> they seen that last name and instantly thought that you. Was- <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it.
0: <laughs> oh my so, god. So, Miss
1: Tina, just a just a, a quick question: Has it affected? Has your past experience affected your relationship with your or how you choose to raise your ki- your children? Like, were you nervous? Has it like? Did you let them have any type of freedom? Like how how was it? Were you did you let them go out or were
3: you really strict with them? I was overly paranoid. So I should probably say, you know, I had my daughter when I was in high school, my mm-hmm. oldest daughter. And um, and I was paranoid with them. My youngest daughter, who's 23 now, but she um didn't even take the metro by herself until she was 17. Um, so, yeah, but I will say that being honest with them was helpful because my they kids understood. always referred people to my program that they went to school with. And we lived in Germantown before I lived in D.C. And, you know, they referred people to me because they trusted, but they also knew what pimps were and they would say something because they knew. And people had did try to actually recruit my daughters before. My oldest daughter, both of them, but they knew who a pep was so quick and called me so quickly.
0: Mm.
3: So, yeah, That's so we're nice. making them aware exactly. Yeah. The they topic. can't be sheltered.
2: You need to yeah. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they can be aware. Yes. Yeah.
0: Was
1: it easy explaining to like, was it easy because you didn't want them to experience or was it easy for you to have a conversation with them because you were nervous? Like, which one was it? It was a little bit of
3: both? No, so you only know one half, a tiny, tiny portion of my life, which is trafficking. Mm -hmm. But my whole life been interested. (laughs) So because of that, no, I always was pretty honest with them about stuff and taught them what people look like on drugs so they wouldn't use it. Like I've always been because I was was paranoid and didn't want things to happen to them. So I always explain things, tell them because I'd be very nervous. And I um just
0: one other question because like I said we definitely want to debunk any, you know, false narratives that's been fed, but I do have a question cuz I know you mentioned that your you know your life has been hard, which I've always heard like that you're not The first person I've heard about when it comes to the trafficking saying that, you know, they always had a, you know, sexual abuse past. So would you say that the majority of the girls, because you mentioned that a lot of Caucasian are a high, you know, um, I guess a high rate of those are being trafficked. Would you say a lot of those or just in general, those survivors have had sexual abuse before in their past?
3: All of our survivors, 99.9%, all boys and girls, at to.
0: Okay, had had sexual abuse prior to being okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Wow, that's that says a lot. That's that says mm-hmm. a lot. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um I know that, you know, this is, this has been a very heavy interview, but I think it's been very, very informative and I'm so thankful that you, you know, we're all thankful that you came and did this with us. Um, So I guess we just want to, I don't know if you want to add any last things, but we did just want to ask you some, some rapid questions, just Mm -hmm. some, um, some fun questions to kind of lighten the mood. So we're just going to go. So for the first question, so if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? Mm. Okay, this is crazy.
3: Popcorn,
0: <laughs> extra butter. Popcorn, extra butter, okay. Uh-huh, <laughs> I popcorn, popcorn
1: is a great snack, though. It is. It is. It's, it's <laughs> actually really good. The natural, I've been addicted to the natural uh, popcorn. Yeah. Me too. I make, I pop my own. Yeah.
3: yeah, I, yeah. I,
1: I, the natural popcorn
2: is good. I have a question. If you could vacation anywhere in the
3: world, where would you go? Well, you know, I travel a lot. In pre-pandemic for work, I travel a lot. So I would pick Kenya. Been there about nine times for work. Love wow. it. Okay. She's so amazing. Kenya, I have a project. I work with another survivor that runs a program in Kenya. Oh, good. That's That's, that's, awesome. Awesome. Okay. that's awesome.
1: And my question is, what is the last book you read?
3: Okay. So... My favorite book, and over the years, I actually read it again. Mm -hmm. Is There Are No Children Here? It's about Chicago projects, growing up in the projects in Chicago. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay,
0: Okay.
3: all right, I'll have to look into that. I'll have
1: to read that.
0: There are no children here. Okay, well, thank you, thank you. Well, that ends
1: our show. To all our listeners, please subscribe to our podcast on everyone's lips. That's with apostrophe that S. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other platforms that you may consume podcasts. Please give us a rating. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, but all honest feedback is welcome. You can email us at contactoelpodcasts at gmail.com. There you can give us feedback. You can give us topic ideas, um, what have you. And you can do so um, anonymously. You can follow us on social media, our Instagram is O-E-L show. Um, on Facebook, it's on everyone's lips, and again, that's with the apostrophe S. And you can contact our feedback hotline at 571-206-8292.
0: And, um, Tina, if you want to go ahead and give all of your handles so they know where to reach out, and then also the hotline to Courtney's house as well.
3: Okay, thank you all so much. Um, Please look us up at www.courtney's house with the org. Also, please follow us on IG, official Courtney's house, Facebook, Courtney's house, and of course, you got to do a little dance. Come follow (laughs) us on TikTok,
2: official Courtney's
3: house as well, and our number 202
2: 423 0480. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, for uh, being with us tonight and sharing this information with our audience. Very informative. And uh, we just want you to continue doing the great work in the community. We're very thankful you joined us
3: this evening. Thank you all so much. Thank you all. Thank Thank you. you.
2: Until we meet again, live well, laugh often, and love much. Good night.